0: Welcome to the discussion, Combating Healthcare Data Breaches with Intelligence, sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest
1: today is Greg Wilshusen, Director of Information Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. To begin the conversation, I asked Wilshusen to give an overview of GEO's recent work looking at agency efforts to secure electronic health records.
2: We looked at the extent to which HHS, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, was issuing guidance and assuring the security and privacy of electronic health records and electronic health information, particularly those being used by covered entities and other parties. Basically, our objectives were for that particular review was to describe the expected benefits and cyber threats to electronic health information determine the extent to which HHS security and privacy guidelines for electronic health records were consistent with federal cybersecurity guidelines and also to assess the extent to which HHS oversees those requirements. And we did that study because, you know, as you recall, there were a number of recent data breaches that highlighted the need to secure and protect the privacy of electronic health records. And so we conducted this review, and what we found was that the Department of Health and Human Services had established guidelines for covered entities, such as health care plans and care providers, for their use and using electronic health records in compliance with HIPAA. But we also found that the guidance that HHS provided was not complete to the extent that there were gaps between uh, the guidance it provided for protecting this health, these electronic health records, to the guidance that was prescribed by the National Institutes of Standards and Technology for protecting information security systems and information. And so we made recommendations to HHS to update its guidance for protecting electronic health records, you know, for the covered activities to address these key elements. And also we found that HHS had established a program for reviewing the actual implementation of its guidance by these covered entities, but we found that once its reviews were often not uh, very comprehensive, and when it made recommendations to the covered entities to improve the security over their protection of the electronic health records, HHS did not follow up to see if, in fact, those entities were implementing their recommended actions. And so we made recommendations for HHS to uh, take steps to uh, improve its review of those entities' security protocols, as well as then to assess the implementation of those requirements at those entities. And as of this year, we have determined that HHS has yet to implement our recommendation from that report. Taking a uh,
1: maybe a broader view to this, what are some recent health IT cybersecurity trends that you're seeing more broadly government-wide with, with agencies?
2: One of the things that we have noticed is that there have been a number of attacks at hospitals or that hospitals have been vulnerable to certain malicious software attacks over the last several years to include uh, the use of ransomware. And I think that's one thing that will be an area that all healthcare providers and anyone using electronic health records in health IT needs to be aware of.
1: What do you see as the leading recommendation of what these healthcare providers can do in regards to countering this threat?
2: There are a number of actions that agencies and hospitals can take to minimize the risk of being a victim of a ransomware attack, as well as what to do if in fact they are. First and foremost, you know, one of the things that agencies and hospitals should do is make sure that their software and operating systems are up to date with the latest patches. Outdated applications and operating systems are often the target of these types of attacks. In addition, they should ensure that their personnel do not click on links or open attachments and unsolicited emails because, once again, this is another vector by which these ransomware attacks and the malicious software is introduced into the operating environment. And also, and this is very important, particularly with respect to ransomware, which is a program that once it infects a system, it will basically go from a file to file and shared drive to shared drive, encrypting the data thereby rendering it inaccessible to the victim and to, in this case, a hospital, for example. And so it will be extremely important for these entities to back up their data on a regular basis and to store that data on separate devices and store it offline. Also to scan their backup data with antivirus software just to check that it is indeed free of malware. Another key action that these entities should do is to make sure that they separate and segment their networks from those devices requiring a rather robust security controls from those devices and information, which requires less. You want to make sure that once an attacker is able to get into your network, that they can't move laterally from one area of the network to other. You want to try to contain their ability to roam throughout the network as much as you can. So, indeed, by segmenting your network will help to do that. And then, of course, to scan all incoming and outgoing emails to detect threats and where you can restrict users' permissions, again, based on the principles of least privilege and separation of duties, which help to assure that should an attacker gain access to one of these accounts, that the ability for them to roam throughout a network is limited.
1: I think you had mentioned this earlier in the conversation, but we are certainly seeing a rise in electronic health records. Speaking more broadly to that, you know, there are certainly opportunities when it comes to greater interoperability. But, you know, I imagine that also raises some challenges from a, from a cybersecurity perspective as well. Greg, are you able to go into any more detail on more of the, the challenge side of things?
2: Sure. Also, on the challenge as well as the benefits, you know, with the electronic health records, they do provide uh, great benefits if implemented properly and and there are as you mentioned uh, concerns about the interoperability of, of the uh, data that's uh, medical data that's being transmitted uh, as well as another key challenge is making sure that that information is protected from unauthorized modification disclosure and make sure that that information is available to those who need it when they need it um, we have found that, you know, one of the several threats to this type of data, because it does contain uh, personally identifiable information and some very sensitive information about the individuals whose information it is, that it can, if not adequately protect, it can lead to such adverse impacts such as identity theft potentially insurance fraud, as well as the loss of personal privacy and potentially even blackmail of the individuals whose information may have been compromised. So one of the challenges, of course, or two of them actually are assuring that these electronic health records are adequately secured from the unauthorized use and disclosure of this information, as well as assuring the privacy of the information to protect Uh, individual's personal privacy. Another key challenge is assuring that with the health records and indeed health IT, uh, particularly with those medical devices that are also electronically connected to the internet and others and communicate information, that they're adequately protected because it could even lead to safety issues where the patient's health and or physical well-being could be impacted. If the operation of a medical device, for example, was corrupted in some way through the introduction of malware.
1: My guest today is Greg Wilshusen, the Director of Information Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, on the discussion Combating Healthcare Data Breaches with Intelligence, sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network.
0: Identifying and remediating rapidly evolving cyber threats originating from hacktivists, nation states, or cyber criminals is a time-consuming manual research process. Stay ahead of your attackers with Recorded Future. Recorded Future automates the collection and analysis of threat intelligence and delivers real-time, actionable insights to agencies, driving 63% faster resolution of threats. Find out how at recordedfuture.com slash public sector. Welcome back to the discussion: combating
1: healthcare data breaches with intelligence, sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network. My guest today is Greg Wilshusen, the director of information security issues at the Government Accountability Office. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman. Going back to securing the PII, the, the health IT data that that is sure. sensitive, what steps have agencies taken to secure that data? And you know, maybe taking it another step further, uh, what more could they do to secure that PII?
2: Sure. You know, one of the things that, of course, agencies need to do is first identify, you know, this information, the PII, the critical data, and assess the risk associated with that. You know, we've found that often agencies do not have an inventory of their devices, of their systems, and that contain current information about those devices and software. And that is really step one, is understanding what information you have and where it's located and understanding your network in terms of who has access to it and where that data is. So the first step is really to identify your crown jewels, so to speak, if you will, for this medical information and any sensitive information that the agency may have. And then assess the risk associated With that information, what are the key threats, who and what entity or who might be interested in gaining access to that information that shouldn't have access to it, assessing the vulnerabilities associated with your systems that are process that information and otherwise should be protecting that information, and then to assess the impact that that could have on your operation or on your personnel. And once you've identified that, then you need to implement the appropriate security and privacy controls to protect that information uh, consistent with your risk tolerance and, and strategy? And what do you do in order to protect that information? Well, you need to first limit and manage access to the, both the physical asset as well as the logical asset that processes information uh, to only authorize users, processes, and, and devices. In doing so, uniquely identify each of those authorized devices, user and process, grant access, as I mentioned before, using the principles of least privilege and separation of duties, and use multi-factor authentication or other access controls to uh, help assure that only authorized individuals are getting access to these devices. Secondly, you should secure the data consistent with the risk tolerance at the agency. This could include encrypting sensitive personally identifiable information or medical information where it's stored or in transit. It can also include implementing appropriate data leakage protections. In instances where you're using software that you want to make sure that software hasn't been modified so use various different types of integrity checking mechanisms to assure the integrity of the software and information to make sure that it hasn't been modified inappropriately. So those are just, you know, some of the controls and actions that agencies can take to protect this information. Other ones, uh, and, and it's really kind of consistent for all types of information. It's just, you know, configure strong security settings on your firewalls and your other network devices, such as routers, switches, and servers. Apply patches and keep your applications and operating systems current. And also, importantly, is train your staff to assure uh, that they are aware of the security implications of their actions, what the threats and risks are, And provide role-based training to those individuals to know what precisely they should be doing in order to effectively implement security over their environment and also to continuously monitor your network
1: i think that kind of segues pretty well into the next topic here the idea of insider threats you know whether intentional or otherwise how disruptive have these threats been to agencies and then second part what more could be done to mitigate that risk
2: certainly the insider threat is a very real threat to federal agencies. In many cases, as you point out, it can be inadvertent or malicious. And I think in many instances, our staff you know, and federal employees often introduce malicious information and software into the organization by either visiting websites that may unknowingly download malicious software to the uh, organization or clicking on links in email. Indeed, you know, the U.S. CERT has identified and the Office of Management and Budget has issued reports where two of the greater vectors for security incidents reported by federal agencies occur through websites and email. And so it's really important that entities train their staff consistently test their staff to demonstrate strong security practices when it comes to visiting websites and reviewing and clicking on links and email. You know, that's more than usually is the inadvertent side of the insider threat. But there's also the malicious side, which I think is much less prevalent but can be more damaging in some respects. And so to help protect against insider threats, you know, agencies should indeed develop and create an insider threat program. This program should include, you know, probably forming an insider threat working group that includes uh, key personnel from various different offices throughout the organization, such as human resources, physical security, information security, data owners, and, and legal counsel to, you know, help with ethics and privacy considerations, and they should also, in that group, should develop the guidance and uh, establish a program for monitoring behaviors within, uh, personal behaviors within the organization. So, developing the the governance and policy documents and as well as implementing a a formal training and an awareness program that training program should affect and be provided to all personnel within the organizations. The other thing is, as we would with external threats, like uh, we would also need to protect the organization's critical assets. So all of this would be to identify and document your key organizational assets, identify your crown jewels, if you will, as I mentioned earlier, on what type of assets need the greater protection, and then identify who has access to that information and, and those critical assets, and then prioritize them that require the most protection. And so that is probably one of the, the first steps that an organization can take to help protect and prevent attacks from insiders. The other thing, though, is to give training to your staff too, so they can assess suspicious behavior and then to respond appropriately. And so Implementing a system that can be used to co- collect data on uh, behaviors that may seem out of the ordinary and be able to then to act on that to help uh, assess whether or not those anomalous behaviors are actually a threat or not.
1: My guest today is Greg Wilshusen, Director of Information Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, on the discussion Combating Healthcare Data Breaches with Intelligence, Sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network.
0: Identifying and remediating rapidly evolving cyber threats originating from hacktivists, nation states, or cyber criminals is a time-consuming manual research process. Stay ahead of your attackers with Recorded Future. Recorded Future automates the collection and analysis of threat intelligence and delivers real-time, actionable insights to agencies, driving 63% faster resolution of threats. Find out how at recordedfuture.com slash publicsector.
1: Welcome back to the discussion combating healthcare data breaches with intelligence sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network. My guest today is Greg Wilshusen, Director of Information Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman. And on the flip side here, Greg, I want to hear your thoughts on what steps identity management can play in mitigating these and other threats. Do you see agencies taking the identity management piece more seriously? And in a related note, do you see them moving more towards like a zero trust model?
2: I believe that, you know, the identity management is really a key aspect to protecting agencies' information systems and uh, information, particularly, you know, over the last several years, agencies have gone to cards and the personal identity verification cards that provide a capability for multi-factor authentication. And at some agencies, it's also used to help restrict or at least grant authorizations to IT resources. And that's, of course, very important in this respect for helping, if implemented, you know, making sure that Users have the level of access needed to conduct their jobs, but not additional or excessive access, which they do not need. And also helps to verify that the individuals are who they say they are by providing that multi-factor authentication. So, uh, yes, I think agencies are taking identity management and authentication very seriously, and I think there is a movement for moving towards a more of a zero-trust approach. But I think in some instances, particularly maybe with the movement to cloud computing, it may be a bit further along. But I think that's something that we will be looking at going forward.
1: I know we kind of mentioned this briefly earlier in the conversation, but uh, just to get into a little bit more detail here, the idea of, as you would said, internet-connected medical devices, the internet of things specifically, what are the, the opportunities of using these IoT devices? And then separately, what are the, the security challenges and security implications these devices being uh, in use?
2: You know, With the Internet of Things medical devices, they do really provide some great promise and can help improve patients' quality of life, if you will, and, and safety by collecting data that enables patients themselves to self-manage and monitor their health. And also because many of these devices like fitness trackers and even home monitors uh, that may be in place at individuals' homes and and other technologies helps to provide data from a number of different sources. And by aggregating that data from these multiple devices, it can also provide a more complete picture of a patient's health and may identify particular problems or or trends that either the patient can address or that need the uh, attention of a healthcare provider. Uh, And so using these devices, particularly that transmit data uh, over the internet to a medical facility, is particularly beneficial for those patients that may reside in rural areas that may not have Access to medical care facility in a, in a nearby location. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits with using these types of devices and using the internet to help transmit medical information about an individual uh, either to the Medicare facility or providing that information uh, to the patient, uh, him or herself. But as with most information that traverses the internet, there are cybersecurity challenges and risks associated with that. And so information security really needs to be designed and built into these types of IOT medical devices. And we actually issued a report back in 2017 on Internet of uh, Things devices, and we touched a bit upon, you know, how they're being used in the healthcare industry. But in any case, you know, there are a number of challenges and security challenges associated with it. You know, as you know, many these devices often have software but in many instances there is no way to feasibly update the software on those devices. And that's important because as these devices are in use, often security vulnerabilities or functional disruptions will be identified associated with the software on those devices. And so they need to be updated to help address those security threats on the uh, software. And often there's not a meaningful way of doing that. In addition, there's also privacy concerns as well in that much of the information that is being transmitted is personally identifiable information that could be used by individuals for malicious purposes, either to commit identity theft or even to modify the information, which could cause potential harm to the individual or the patient in this case. And so there are a number of challenges associated with that, and those need to be addressed.
1: I'd like to thank today's guest, Greg Walshusen, Director of Information Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, and you're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Recorded
0: Future. Thank you for listening to the discussion Combating Healthcare Data Breaches
2: with Intelligence, sponsored by Recorded Future on Federal News Network.